Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael and we are here tonight with Detention Live. Joining me as always is my regular co-host Chris. Chris, say hello to everybody. Hello everybody. Glad to be here. And then this week we have not just one but two bonus special guest co-hosts joining us. First up we have first timer on the show, Michael Lowe. Michael Hi. is a game designer and a teacher. He told me something to say there, but I forgot it already. Um, but <laughs> I'll let him it's get all good. It. I'll let it's him get to a minute. And then we have returning co-host Mo Poplar, who is a game designer. Uh, you might know him from Shabu and Knights, which we talked a lot about when he was here last. And then a new game that he's working on with Michael, Holdfast Station, which we're going to hear a lot about that later on as well. Um, as always, if anyone is watching or listening at the end of the show, we will have a Q&A section. So please feel free to throw some questions into chat and we will do our best. Uh, but as always, we're going to start here with extracurricular. And this is where we just talk about what we've been up to lately. Anything we want to share doesn't have to be about role playing games, though that makes a lot of sense if it is. But it could be movies we watch, TV shows, books, you know, anything that we think is interesting and worth sharing. Chris, buddy, I'll start with you. What you been up to? Uh, a lot of work, uh, as usual. Um, since we've got snow up here in Michigan, there's not a lot of going outside right now because uh, old guy doesn't like the cold too much. But uh, there's one big thing that happened. I'm going to do a little flashback here. I'm going to use my little oh, fingers. No. Uh -oh. hey, hey, Michael, talk talk me out of buying the new Marvel zombie site. Ooh. Oh, maybe you shouldn't, but you really like Marvel. Uh, I know, but do I really want to spend that much money? Flash forward to yesterday as I <laughs> yeah. backed it at one of the all-in level. So yeah. well, at the all in level, of course. Well, I, I sent the message to my wife going, hey, you know, my birthday's coming up. Can I get this? <laughs> Expecting her to go, well, we don't need the all in level. Let's go to this one. She tossed me the, the credit card goes here, put it on this one. I was like, well, I guess maybe I should ask for a new car. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't, don't push your luck. You got you got the A. Yeah. OK, take it. No, take no. it. And I, don't say a word. I, so, I walked to the computer and quietly typed everything in and went, I don't know how that worked. So. Well, you Nicely are not done. alone, my friend, because actually my, I, I am not at the all-in level yet, but I am going to switch it, not to the full all-in. I'm not going to do the Galactus one because I don't uh, need that one. But uh, Dirty Habanero, who's on with us, thank you, sir, for joining us, he said he did the 685 all-in, all-in today as well. I did not. Oh, I, I don't have a, where am I going to put a two-foot miniature? And <laughs> if I want to go take the game to play with friends, I've already got. Is it six boxes yeah. plus another and like a, two a really miniature? intimidating lawn gnome <laughs> yeah. yes. in like the right spot in yes. the, you know just i mean that right could be like a christmas tree topper situation like there, there's utility for it but i agree i don't need it either i mean if, if it was the same price but I, it's not worth the extra whatever 200 bucks it is 200 bucks yeah, yeah. That, so. I, I can't i can't put that on the top of the christmas tree i have a death star that goes on my christmas oh, okay, tree of course. Mm. So, but i mean priorities. maybe the galactus is eating the death star you know mix your Ooh. ips that's yeah. actually kind of great. I think that, that, that's a pitch. I would play that game. Like, it might create a weird nerd black hole somewhere <laughs> in the world if I did that. I don't know. But nice. Disney would be happy. Yeah. yeah I was about to say, Disney's like, we own both those properties. Yeah, you know exactly. what? This is yeah, a movie fair. pitch, y'all. We're all going to be rich. Right? We just do this right. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Anything else you want to talk about, buddy? Uh, I mean, that's pretty much all I've been up to. I mean, we've. I've done some, you know, tabletop simulator like I usually do to mm. get some board gaming in and you know, tell things are a little safer. Mm -hmm. then, Amen. Yeah. That. Mo, what have you been up to? Um, I have been doing too much. Uh, which, <laughs> Join which the club. Par for the course. Of, which is kind of my MOE. Um, so I uh, have maintained 
uh, I've managed to keep my day job. <laughs> so, well, that's step one. Congrats. Check that box. Yes. My, my wife's still married. My kid's getting bigger. Um, I've signed up for a how-to podcast class. Oh, wow. Because okay. I want to be like you guys when I grow up. Oh, no. You want to be <laughs> successful. <laughs> yes. That's true. Uh, <laughs> oof. <laughs> I could teach that class in five minutes. <laughs> right? Don't. How do much it. free time do you have? Okay, now cut that in half. Right. That's what you're going to have left over. Yeah. Uh, if you think an hour is going to take you an hour to record, you're wrong. <laughs> if you think it's going to take you five minutes to edit, you're way wrong. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. Editing. That's that's the thing. That's the thing. That. Yeah. Anyway, well, I, I I have a background in a video production, so hmm. um, editing is I a skill I actually already have. Um, oh, well, you're so 99% of the way there. <laughs> I, 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 I'm kind of, you know, hedging my bets. Um, and in the meantime, I'm working on a game called uh, Ye Old Tavern. And uh, it's about playing not the people who meet in the dark corner of a shady tavern, but the people who run a shady tavern. Mm. And, you know, they deal with these adventures coming in, showing up. Uh, trying to wreck the place all the while they're trying to keep their uh, side hustle <laughs> which is totally illegal under wraps and so um, you know it's about giving service in the daytime so that you don't get caught by the law who probably wants too big a cut mm. at night nice. yeah, Mo, and- is just, Mo is just playing uh, false modesty by the way he's, he's made a whole bunch of films and a whole bunch of podcasts you have to go look him up if you go well, look up Ashy Feet, you'll you'll find it all. He's got like a secret <laughs> trove of video and audio. You could fall into that for weeks. Yeah, no, right. I'm not. I'm gonna I'm gonna give away all your secrets. You you brought me on this thing. That was your mistake. <laughs> Excellent. All right, Michael. What about you? What's been up to lately, man? Um. Yeah. Boy. Uh. Too much. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike Mo, I haven't kept my day job. Uh, I quit my day job a couple years back. Um. I teach full time now using games. So today was uh, posting. I, I'm an educational uh, designer. So I use uh, games to create curriculum because let's be honest, you know, role-playing games kind of transform you, right? You remember the stories from the table better than you remember things that happened in real life. And I've been kind of blown away by how well games have worked for getting kids to write. So I run educational classes for credit. I'm I got my master's in education and I'm a credentialed teacher and it all counts for homeschool. And I was just posting class after class. So the hard part about all this is when you're not, you know, walking into a classroom, you have to manage all the, mm-hmm. the marketing and the Instagramming and the, the tweeting and the, all the things that as an, as you know, I always used to tell my high schoolers, I'm like, yeah, I'm old. And they like, what do you mean you're old? You're not old. And I'd say, listen, when I was growing up, a phone was something that was connected to the wall and they'd all go, Oh, you know, and there'd be a recalculation. So yeah, Yeah. you know, I've been learning those skills and, uh, and also making games. So uh, Mo's talking about the old tavern, which is one in a string of games that he and I have been working on. And we've come up with a system that we're both kind of nerdy about. Um, It's all about collaboration and zero prep and sort of diving in. I have one that's up right now called zero samurai which is based on a book by one of the script writers for Kurosawa, who um, wrote a book called Compound Cinematics about the way Kurosawa's team wrote, um, wrote their scripts. And the cool thing was like, I was reading through this because 
the guy who wrote it was actually my wife's grandfather and he gave it to me. And oh, so wow. I felt like I had to read it. Yeah, um, yeah, pretty much. And uh, the nerdy thing was I was reading it. And of course my brain went, this is the best advice I've ever heard for collaborative gaming. Right, like he's, right. he's breaking it down. I didn't think about it. So I wrote, I wrote Zero Samurai. And so it's up on itch and uh, it's not about Samurai at all. It's about a community dealing with uh, the Raiders when they go to hire help and can't get any. Um, so where you decide that community is, um, whether it's, you know, in space or in alien desert and uh, why you decide they have, you know, what, what it is the Raiders are looking to steal, that's all up to you. The real question is, how do you create a community and then figure out as normal people how to do something heroic? Not right. as somebody who can hire heroes, but rather as regular everyday people. How do you use the skills you have to save what you care about. So I've been working on that. And uh, I got a Zemo project that is out. Uh, it's called XD6 SRD. And it's absolutely ridiculous and wonderful. Uh, it's, it's about- You start with 100 dice. I mean, 100 <laughs> dice is like Hulk level. Let's be clear. When I started out Doctor Who, I called him Doctor Wen because, you know, I mm-hmm. Right, um, exactly. He was only 40 dice. But, you know, he could still do all the Doctor Who stuff. So, you know- but uh, you gamble your dice on your outcomes and every success gets you a larger epic effect. So you can get to planet level if you've got enough successes, but every failure when you roll your dice means you lose a die. Mm -hmm. And so over time, you're sort of managing the resource and blowing more and more. And there's some other cool effects on it. And I also got really nerdy with like day glow colors and procreate. And I got really serious about laying it out and it's, totally hackable and designed for everybody to take and play with. And uh, it's $1. So you can go snag a copy. And if I get to my funding goal, I'll put out a setting and do a bunch of other nerdy stuff and have the excuse for my wife that I, uh, I actually get paid (laughs) for it. I'm I'm not just doing it. I'm actually, there's money attached. I promise. Fantastic. So and all we're gonna talk about a bunch of stuff tonight. So anything applicable, there'll be links in the show notes. So I can put your itch store in the show notes right as on. well, make it easy. And if you, even if you want to throw it in checks, we do have a few people watching right now. Uh, welcome Targris for joining as well. Happy to see you here also, buddy. Uh, you can do that. Um, so as for myself, just because I have game designers on, I will plug my game that I am currently do designing. It. Do uh, it. It's called Action, Action 12 Cinema. B yeah. Action, D12 Dice. Um, the second draft is currently in the hands of my uh, edit editorial designer so they're editing and helping design the game at the same time uh awesome. they got swamped so it's a little bit past when it was supposed to be back but they told me all about it so we're all cool uh but i'm still hoping sometime this year it'll go up on kickstarter that's the plan it's about playing really bad movie type stuff but not the bad bad movies the good bad movies you know yeah, yeah. um mm-hmm. So you bring in a bunch of tropes, you roll some D12s because that's the best die. Uh, and it's essentially a game where the dice don't determine what you do. They just determine if you're successful at it. Mm. Uh, it kind of borrows that from like, uh, I think Wushu does something very uh, similarly where you can just say that you like, you know, you do this, you take the car, you flip the car, the car hits the person, they go off the mountain and then you catch the bullet. That, that all just happens. But the dice will tell you whether or not it actually helped in the scene or not, or if you're still in the middle mm. of the action. So it gets very more cool. and more and more and more convoluted as you go. But I absolutely love it. It's a ton of fun. And hopefully people will as well. Uh, I'm also back in the Marvel Kickstarter, but not at that level. I Well, the, the level that uh, Chris is at, not the level that uh, Dirty Heaven Arrow is at. Do you have Pledge Envy there? Is that what I'm hearing? Is that- no, no, I don't. I have credit card bill 
Murray. <laughs> okay, Because <yeah. laughs> we're actually getting ready to do our taxes. We're putting all our stuff together. And, and I am in the envious position, some might say, because I run a convention that every time I back mm. a Kickstarter, it's a tax-deductible expense because everything goes into the convention for other people to enjoy. Uh, but I see every year, I'm like, how much did I spend on Kickstarter? And every year, I'm like, oh, God, what have I done? Right, right. And I'm starting this year off with a big one. So it's going to be kind of kind of bad. All right. Yeah, well, I, back, I backed the Marvel Dice Throne a couple months ago. Oh, okay. I missed that. I, I saw that, but I didn't. That's, I didn't you're going to put that on me, aren't you, Mo? That's <laughs> my fault, isn't it? It's totally your fault. Yeah, it's um, my fault. And you know, I'm 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 taking a break after that. <laughs> I showed him Dice Throne, and I was like, "Look at this. It's like it's like Magic: The Gathering, and every combat-oriented RPG you ever liked had a baby." And he was <laughs> like. They're doing a Marvel one. And I was like, it's over for Mo. It's, yeah, it's I knew immediately. I was like, okay, yeah. he's done. Yep. Completely, completely understand. And it was maybe even a little bit worse is I have another show that we just brought back uh, called Econ Fundamentals, where we specifically go and look for fun Kickstarters and then we highlight them. So now I'm actively looking at Kickstarter like every couple of days to see what's new and what's exciting. It's not, so It's not healthy. It's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that's anyways, a, that's let's, dangerous. let's move on. We're going to move into our first improv game, and this is 10 things. And we're going to take turns. Each one of us will prompt one person. They'll prompt the next. We'll go in like a, a circle here. The idea is you want to come up with a list of 10 things that match the prompt. Immediacy is more important than accuracy, so it doesn't really matter if it's a good list as long as it is a fast sort of list. Um, so, Mo, I'm going to start with you. Do you want to prompt someone first, or would you like to be prompted first mm-hmm. to give your I w- list? I want to be prompted Okay. Provoked. So, all right. Uh, I will prompt you and then we'll just kind of go. So you'll yep. get Michael, yep. Michael will hit Chris and then Chris will circle back to me. Um, oh man. All right. So, okay. So you have a game yield tavern that has something mm-hmm. to do with this. So imagine that you were trying to sit, set up a gig economy in a medieval fantasy world. Ooh. Give me 10 gig economy side hustles that a character might have in a fantasy world. Mm. Okay, dungeon uh, mapping, One. Uh, assassination, two, two, uh, uh, crop protection, <laughs> three, three, uh, monster uh, hunting, four, four, um, see, uh, magical, magical, um, magical uh, ingredient finder, five, um, five, uh, someone like Instacart to Instacart for. Magician. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so someone to uh, watch your loot while you go away and adventure. Mm, right, someone to uh, 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 take care of your family while you go away and adventure. Seven. Uh, someone Seven. to uh, avenge your needs on, on your on, on your behalf. All right. Uh, Eight. Because Eight. you don't have enough hit points. The and uh, <laughs> someone to uh, someone to uh, keep the undead at bay. Nine and someone to heal people who come back uh, all bloodied and dismembered. Ten. <laughs> Very good. That is in fact a list of ten things. Quick shout out to New York Tater. He's like our all-time biggest fan. Like the show almost went away, but he single-handedly brought had us bring it back. So thank you, New York Tater, for joining us. All right, Mo. So you will hit Michael with a list that he will have to give. You set me up. You gave it to exactly. him. Exactly. Terrible. Exactly. Terrible. Michael, give me uh, ten weird monsters kids mm. have created in your games that's the easiest low brow oh that's one hurry up okay no. all right cool. let's um, go the, speed so the lightning bull was one of my favorites i really one, liked one. him the asmodeus devil which is a horrible acidic worm that almost destroyed the world and ate the world tree Two. um let's Two. go with um 
Oh gosh, there's so many though. Like it's hard for me to even sort them. There was a flying cat who had wings like a bumblebee. That three, was cool. Three. And had wind powers. Um, there was a giant worm with the head of a cat that used to eat rats. That one was kind of terrifying. Four. Um, somebody had a pet to ask. that wasn't very creative, but Five. it was super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a bug that had these giant explosive fists. It was a monster beetle. Um, Six? they were really fond Six. of that one. Oh, um, oh, what were the ones there were these, these, uh, these shadowy, uh, no, they were acid spitting squirrels. And then there were these shadow cats that they decided needed to exist because after all, why would you need to spit acid as a squirrel? You had to protect yourself from something. It was the apex predator. They were shadow cats that could leap through shadows. Seven. And then let's go seven. with, oh, that's seven? That's seven. I, seven. I gave you two for one. You okay. did. Eight, eight, eight. <laughs> okay, so, so I'm at eight, right? Eight. Yeah. All right, right. You're at seven. Say, okay. <laughs> trying to make me from. Okay. You've been um, playing with kids too long. <laughs> this is true. Uh, okay. Um, there, were, there, were a, there, was a, there were people who were uh, reptilian who lived on another planet and could speak through vibrations, and it took them forever to figure Ooh, out how to talk wow. to them. Technically, I don't know if you want to call that a creature, but it's a sentient. Yeah. Um, I, and you know what? I'm going to go with a, a manufactured creature. I'm going to go with the robots from my sci-fi setting that the kids decided acted extra loopy as a way to pr- prove that they were like as individual and unique as organics. So they always had really weird, obsessive, compulsive habits and collected weird stuff, which was really fun to play as a, as a storyteller. Yay! In fact, the list of ten things. All right, yeah, well, you're now going to prompt Chris for a list of oh, ten. Okay, things. Chris, I yes. want to know. Um, mm, let's see. Give me uh, ten tarot cards in a deck of tarot cards from a fantasy setting that is based uh, around magic that is 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 pacts with otherworldly entities. Oh. Yeah. more detail yeah that's, i'm sorry that was maybe that was just 10 tarot cards from a fantasy <laughs> setting i gave it a little too much i'm sorry yeah you're good uh Correct. we'll go with uh we'll go with the obvious death yep one uh we'll go with the uh i'll we'll go with the unicorn two uh we'll go with the leprechaun three uh we'll go with the uh hanging angel four Ooh. i uh, will go with the how do you do you want to clarify that one well, there's a hanged man in tarot oh, cards. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're talking about the upside down. Not we're not talking about. Yeah, the other he's kind not of a hung yeah, angel. Yeah, yeah. He's a hanging. I got you. I'm with hanging you angel. Maybe I said it wrong. Anyway, suspended. Suspended. Yes. There we go. That'll work. Uh, we'll, nah. uh, we'll go with the. Well, I don't actually know two tarot cards. Who? Uh, you don't have to make them up. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. yep. The ill-fated lovers. Five. Uh, the goblet. Like Six. I uh, will go with the chariot of fire. Seven. Uh, we'll go with the uh, dragon. Eight. Uh, I'll go with the manticore's tail. Nine. And we'll go with the sword and the stone. Ten. Hey. Hey. That was, in fact, a list of ten things. All right, let's bring this nightmare to a close here. What do you got for me? Um, you know, one thing that none of us have actually talked about that's going on in the world. Oof. Give me ten Winter Olympic events. Oh. That's going on here soon. Uh, snowball fights. One. I like that. Snowman building. Yes. Two. Yes. Synchronized snow angel making. Yes. Three. Um, ice skating. Four. Uh, backwards luge. Five. Uphill luge. Ooh, six. Um, lightsaber duels. Seven. <laughs> uh, navigation. Eight. Uh, <laughs> driving through drifts. Nine. And snow plowing. 
10. Yeah. Yay. That was, in fact, a list of 10 things. <laughs> I just right. love the idea of dropping people off in the middle of, like, the snowy north and saying, find your way. Yeah, yeah. when he said navigation, I was like, that's the roughest winter of the sport. It's just like, good luck. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're really not worried about who's first. You're, like, worried about wins last. <laughs> yes. Or who gets DQ'd. Oh, so we got uh, Remy's joined us as well tonight. So thank you very much. We actually got more than usual. So thank you very much, everybody, for joining. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Uh, So tonight, uh, our section on used books is going to be a little bit different. Rather than talking about a campaign that one of us has played in, we're going to talk about some of the games that Mo and Michael are currently designing and some maybe some things that have happened with it recently. Now, I believe the last time you were here, we talked about Holdfast Station, uh, but I think there's been some developments with it, and there may even be some, like, companion pieces so i'm just gonna kind of turn it over to the two of you you know you got like 20 minutes or so what's going on with these games where can people get them what do you want to talk about all the handy good stuff well the big development with whole Station is it is shipped oh great it is it is, it is to the printer uh sorry to our publisher mm-hmm. and uh like we're, we're done ish full three full three cycles oh boy i mean this is the problem uh whew. i mean this is this is i think the problem with mo and i both of us are perfectionists and mm. both of us are strong-minded and both of us have lots of ideas. Mm-hmm. So um, we play tested this poor baby to death and then we resurrected it, um, <laughs> reanimated it and, and then play tested it again. We recorded play tests. Uh, Mo does a brilliant job of finding pain points in play tests. So there was a long, a long process where we really refined what we were doing and we had kind of lofty design goals Um, We were going for zero prep, uh, community focused. So the goal of this game is not you're playing individual heroes who can drop everything and you have no home and you have no past and you have no goal other than glory. This is a group of people who are deeply connected and rooted in the place they live. You live on an asteroid mine in space. Everybody has to depend on one another. And the goal of the game- don't like each other. And this is key. The goal of the game for us was always keeping in mind this, our North Star was, we want this to feel emotionally committed. We want you to care. Mm-hmm. So any mechanic we created, any question we asked, any moment that we created at the table had to foster a sense of community, engagement, and emotional commitment from the players to the story. So that when you had to save the place or when things went wrong, you really cared about who lived, who died, and what happened. Do you guys remember um, the movie Alien before the actual Alien shows up? You know, you have a a crew of people, um, they're out in space, but it's not exciting. It's a job. (laughs) They're punching a clock and like they get brought out of suspended animation. And, you know, the first thing that happens is Yafi Koto is talking about how like we need a raise and we need to collaborate and we need to like make sure that they're going to pay us better. You know, whether like whatever you look like, we're all in this together. You know, and we were really going for that vibe. And so um, if any monster comes in and eats your station, like that's not part of our game, but we start off with a a bunch of invitations. So you actually build your station. You know, Mm -hmm. we're not telling you, you got to do anything, but be space miners, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we really kind of gave you the keys Mm -hmm. to do a thing, you know, Mm -hmm. which really allows you to jump right in, you know, yeah, the goal. Um, it's, it's super scripted. So you don't have to uh, read the book. 
Um, I don't know if you guys have ever jumped into a game without reading a book and realized, um, oh, there was obviously homework in this that I didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're designing it all. And that's yeah. actually part of the game. You know, setting up the world is a mini game. Building mm -hmm. your characters is a mini game in this. And so um, you come, you develop bonds, you develop your station. And because it, you invented it, it's yours. And you already have a stake in it. Right. Yeah. One of the really interesting things, and I've been thinking about this a lot. I uh, posted a thread on this on Twitter about um, Yaziba's Bed and Breakfast, which is by Jade Dragon mm -hmm. and, uh, and Nightwing Bug. They're awesome. Their design is amazing. One thing that they're really brilliant at is what I like to call crunchy fluff. So, mm. you know, there's this idea that mechanics are this hard thing, right? There are numbers <laughs> and they tell you what happens. And what, uh, what they've done, and I'm also a big fan, Mo introduced me to For the Queen and my mind kind of fell apart. I was like, mm. okay, they've disassembled games into their component parts. And crunchy fluff to me is asking the right question, giving the right options at the right time. And if you do that right, you know, we have a series, we have an invitation where you read aloud and sort of establish the feel. Then we have agreements where you answer different questions about your station. And we had to be very careful about the pick list options we gave, keeping them trimmed down and reminding you, you can make your own, but also asking the right questions to lead to really good narrative seeds. Because even though this is a collaborative game, it's still, it's, it's storyteller light is, mm -hmm. is, is how I like to think about it. You're there and you're helping it happen, but there's a lot of questions to players. Everybody collaborates. There's a lot of skin in the game for everyone. Um, it's your world. It's your station. These are your characters who you created. And you sort of hand and collaborate to create the problems that ultimately you're going to deal with later on, both in terms of the relationships between these people who live in this place, but also in terms of what's going wrong out there in the world. What are the things that are getting away from you? And we've got play down to three cycles now. You sort of deal with the trust on the station something's wrong, right? Mm -hmm. The the bonds that hold everyone together, people are not, not people, working. The people way are going to ride and kill each other if you don't fix it. I mean, <laughs> they might. They also yeah. might have stolen a lot of the food or hoarded something or somebody might be lying about the output on the mine. There's a lot of possibilities. Mm -hmm. Phase two, you deal with, uh, with problems with the station itself, um, you know, flaws, things that people have been, you know, not maintaining. Things are kind of getting a little shabby. And then third cycle is actually dealing with the loss of lives. Um, something happens to the health of the station. And what happens when your, your food vats get contaminated? Or and everybody's sick. You know that mm. ore, that ore you've been mining, it changes people. And mm -hmm. there's, some, there's some things that are changing about people's wellness. And so there's a lot of different possibilities. And in playtests, it's run everything from, I mean, good Lord, we've had like weird, uh, weird cults to mm -hmm. like uh, a Futurama style episode that mm -hmm. was really lighthearted that had like, there was corporate espionage, but all the corporations had trained their workers to sing their like jingles. So the way they found the guys who were sabotaging the place is they sang the opposite corporate jingle. And one of the guys before he realized it was like singing the response and it was Pirates of Penzance. I think they were singing some, anyway. So it was, nice. it's, it's really flexible yeah. and it's really a great, a great way to jump into a game and teach people who don't know how, how to get into the thing. Mm -hmm. um, we ended up making a game that is a great thing to do if everybody doesn't show up 
for your game tonight. Yeah. And you guys, hey, let's let's just play something. We also ended up designing a game that um, if you've been thinking about GMing mm-hmm. and it, it just seems like a lot of work, I, I have to draw maps. I have to pick the monsters. What if I get the wrong monsters and they kill them too fast or the monsters kill them? Um, we, we, we designed a game that will kind of walk you through step-by-step step how to GM. Mm-hmm. Literally, there is a Mad Lib-style plot based on some of the prompts that you've been given earlier from the players, and you can use that. Or if you're an experienced GM and you know better than uh, me and Michael, <laughs> go to town, have a ball. Do you. Do you. <laughs> Yeah. I think the key, yeah, like that's, I've been surprised. Wait, wait, like wait. Getting, I, oh, wait, wait what's, the, what's the saying? If you're having fun, you're. You're doing it right. Doing it right. You're doing it right. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. it. That. So, let me jump in really quickly. I want to please, shout out please. New York Tater. Uh, he actually dropped a thousand bits and uh, basically it's like a tip for oh, liking yeah. what we're doing. So apparently you must be selling the, the, the game really well. They they like it. So New York Tater. Come through, it, come through. Thank you so we, much. We, we, we have a Discord. Um, I have been bad at leaving Discord links on your Discord because I don't know if that's actually polite. Um, <laughs> we, have a, we have one channel for stuff like that so people can conveniently ignore it if they don't want it. But there is a channel for you to drop your stuff. But um, I will, I will a- happily drop a Discord link in the Discord. You can find me on the on the um, RPG Academy, I'm Mo P, and um, I, we 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 got games. People are playing their own games now, and da 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 da. So um, we took well, the. Where can we like if somebody wants to go get their own copy of Hold Fast Station uh, now? Well, where it, can they go is, get it? It is there's a play test version on itch.io. Luckalegends.itch.io. That's, that's my page. Okay. Um, the full three cycle play. Mm-hmm. is is being released formally um yeah. it is a a add-on to the uh stone top kickstarter we were and a stretch goal we were a stretch goal for that so um it has a similar vibe and tone to stone top um it's a very different game <laughs> um but what we've done because everybody doesn't feel compelled to play in a space mining game uh mm-hmm. we have now started to skin this so we have zero samurai you know and seven samurai um they send for help seven samurai show up they don't like each other the question is are they going to kill each other before they kill the threat to the to the village and so michael designed that game that game's out there well wait um, a minute it's, z- no, it's zero no, samurai there are no samurai no, no samurai showed up <laughs> you're a farmer the bandits are coming. Wait a minute. You do? are not a farmer. You could be anything you want. The key uh, is uh, 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 uh. you're regular you're people. Yeah. Well, you're regular be, people. Well, to, to be clear, and this is, I think this is, this is key to what we've been doing. We're really interested in, um, in stories about communities and stories about regular people. Um, the concept of heroism has kind of been done to death and it's usually involved with hyperviolence and the idea of you know, glorifying a particularly masculine person who kills people. Which and has a time and a place. You want I mean, to play you know, that game? Sometimes you there want are, steak. There are, <laughs> there are about 400 million games that will satisfy your bloodlust and you should go play them if you right. want to play them. These games are games that are interested in how regular people deal with irregular circumstances. And Zero Samurai is... I will say it's a, it's a little it gets a little more nerdy than hold fast because it really gets into sort of the philosophy behind our design ethic and mm-hmm. the way in which we put the game together, the different phases and how they work. And by tying it to uh, the script writing of Shinobu Hashimoto, it kind of like 
it grounds it in some theory that I found really nerdily exciting. I mean, I, Mo will tell you, I was like calling him for like a week as I was reading this book and I was like, <laughs> look, look, when we do the agreements phase, what we're doing, we're doing this thing. Kurosawa's team did it. Let me tell you about it. And he was like, okay, Michael, so you- <laughs> that's 50 pages. It's got a full online character keeper, by the way, Holdfast does as well. All of these were designed yeah. during the pandemic. So you can jump online and play this digitally with your friends. It's built to be played that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it runs real smoothly. We've done it a million times. Other people have done it and recorded their play tests, which has been super so exciting. exciting. Like for us, we're nerding out, you <laughs> yeah. know? That, right that's now, the part uh, I haven't quite got to yet is mm-hmm. um, in, in my play testing. That I, have, I have two groups currently that have the most recent copy of Action 12 Cinema, and they're supposed mm-hmm. to play it without me there. Like, and then just tell me like what it's like. But both of the people who have it have played in a game with me. So they were both like, hey, can I take this well, to my group? So I, I've, I've asked it's like to one play degree of separation. I, did I but not I'm that happy you? to play by myself oh, I if, I, if I must. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I can definitely get you a copy of the playtest version. But yeah, that's what I'm waiting for is to get some like, this is how it went at my table right. when you weren't there to smooth mm-hmm. over things. And that's good. I'm look, I'm guessing this is going to be kind of a disaster. This is the first game I've ever designed, but I'm still looking forward to getting that feedback. I mean, the real, the real zhuzh, you know, is <laughs> how to write the thing that you intend for somebody else to do as a GM mm. without kind of being like, uh, we're, we're going to keep it PG 13, uh, prescriptive. There's a word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a word. I started out trying to write a, a module. Like I've, I've been working on a five E module for like five years, and like I could run the game like without any notes. Like I just have it down. Mm-hmm. But me yeah. trying to write it to the GM saying this is yep. how I would run it. Mm-hmm. It was yep. like a thousand pages. It's <laughs> like the, mm-hmm. like there's no way anyone's going to read this. You know, it's a two hour adventure that would take up an an encyclopedia. Like I don't know how to do if then statements. It's like well if they yeah. do this and you do this, if they do this, you do this. Like I. I don't know how to make that work. So, but this isn't about me. I'm sorry. No, no compliment but, but to your Japanese. We're, we're all doing the same thing. We're, yeah, no, Mo and I have been obsessing about this. I don't know. As a teacher, um, you know, I, I've designed a lot of online curriculum. Uh, I've worked as a curriculum designer for schools. And one of the things you learn is they're, you know, teaching and writing curriculum are yeah. two entirely different skills. Yeah. So you could write a brilliant unit and you could run it and kids could be, you know, absolutely on the edge of their seats, writing passionately and thrusting their head, you know, arguing. And you could hand that unit to somebody else and they, they, it would absolutely light the classroom on fire and people would be screaming and leaping out of the windows by the time they were done. So I end up finding that being a teacher and being a game designer, the best teachers really are user experience designers, the same way that, you know, game designers are. You can be a brilliant storyteller at the table and that's beautiful. But if you're not an experienced designer and you're not thinking, what are people going to do with this? Mm -hmm. How does this work for them? When they read this, what's it going to say to them? Not what does it mean to me, but what does it say to them? That's a, that's a higher level analytical skill and it requires a lot of crunch. Uh, Mo and I spent a lot of time looking at very, very, very short sentences and going, <laughs> no, like this word, uh, but, yeah. but, 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 <laughs> yeah. a lot of back and forth. Um, yeah, yep. I will say that's, that's where the love comes in. If you go through a rough patch in your, in your, your deep, powerful relationship where you have to make something real happen, it's a, it's a lasting commitment. Yep. So I want to give Chris a chance to jump in here. I know yeah, he's been please. sitting there. Do you have any questions for Mo or Michael about what they talked about or is there any insights uh, you want to drop I, on us? While you guys were talking, I, I, I came up with a new podcast. I just need to find two experienced game designers 
they're willing to let people come on and play test their games with them. And then they yeah. can teach them what they need to do to make it better. Mm. I just don't know I'll find two experienced. It's brilliant. I mean, you could sell that. That's called. Yeah. It's like masterclass studio. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I might know somebody. Um, yeah, I, let's I, talk I, offline. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. it really honestly could make kind of a, a, a neat little podcast where you help game designers actually learn how to write their games better and do exactly what we just said. How do you make a sentence make sense for yeah. a, a guy like me who's probably going to read it five different times and get five different explanations out mm-hmm. of it? Yep. And well, then, and I'm sorry, but even just extrapolate my experience is that I've been running these at conventions, right? So I go mm-hmm. to a convention and I'll run three sessions of Action 12 Cinema. And the way I teach it now mm-hmm. has evolved tremendously from me verbalizing and seeing okay, what they missed and how it worked. Yeah. And then, so yeah. now I can pitch the game very well, but in the written form, like I can't have someone read it immediately and change it. And then, you know, I don't get nine readers. And then, so it's, it's a very different process. So my edit, editor, Tracy, that's working on it, like they have the second draft, but I'm on like the 15th draft of right. how I teach it in person. And it's just, yeah. again, the two we're, different we're, skill sets. We're gifted with a uh, RPG design community that you should absolutely jump in on. Um, And literally like we spend an hour on each person's game. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, your, your turn comes, you, 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 you bring in your thing and it's whatever part you want to do. And there've been a couple times I've been like, can you just read this and tell me what it says? And, you know, it sounds like, why, why are you doing that? But you figure out if it's working or not, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, I want you to GM this part. I want you to GM this part. I want you to GM this part. You know, yep. I'm just going to sit back and watch. And when you see people succeed, when you see people fail, when you see people do things that like, um, how did that happen? Yep. Um, you learn what you actually designed as a designer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and, I mean, that's the thing is like, even running at conventions, I was thinking about that and I'm like, man, running for gamers is so different because mm-hmm. I, I have a weird experience where, you know, I've been, I've been building games since I learned you could do that. Um, uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't know, I have, I have an artist friend who I, I keep remembering this, but he said to me sometimes like, yeah, I remember we were playing Lego battles on your, on your floor when we were 12. And I was like, yeah, did you like that game? He's like, yeah, that was a great game. And I was like, I made that game. He's like, I thought it was a real game. I was like, it was though, but I've been building <laughs> for like years for Mm. non-gamers because I didn't have a gaming community and I was building things for people who'd never played, including students, including kids. And it creates a much different approach Mm. because there's a lot of things you take for granted when you're dealing with people who are, you know, in the wheelhouse and have a certain level of built up skill and understanding of what the thing is. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, it taught me a lot about how to break things apart and part of learning to build for kids and build educational games for kids to get them writing and reading and getting nerdy about each other's stories. It was all about that. And mm-hmm. um, I don't yeah. know, I have a, I have a site storiesrpg.com. That's where that's like the most broken down version of role-playing I've ever tried to communicate. Mm-hmm. It's a print and play downloadable game for uh, guardians and kids to play at home. And it has read-alouds, it has coloring book pages, and it has very simple scene mechanics that are totally narrative. And it says, here are some things, you know, explore the scene, and it'll give some questions you can ask and answer. 
make a move. It'll give some ideas for dealing with the problem that include dice. And then it has triumphs and troubles. And it also comes with an uh, annotated podcast by Stories Podcast, uh, which is a really big, huge yeah. uh, kids podcast that's been, it's one of the longest running and largest on the web. Okay. Second, um, second biggest po- kids podcast in the space. Yeah. So Starsworn <laughs> is the name of the, the, the monthly release. And so we release one print and play chapter that's about 40 pages uh, each month. And there's a parallel podcast so kids can hear the voice actors on the pod playing characters and doing the thing so that even parents and kids who don't know anything about gaming can pick it up and know what the thing is and how to do the thing. Gotcha. Well, it's very clear. We have two very knowledgeable people and very passionate people, but we also have a limited amount of time. So (laughs) I'll give you guys a chance to wrap up anything that you really want to get out there. Either something we've already touched on again, website, I'll drop all the links and things, but, but where should people go if they want to check out your stuff? What can they do to help you? Uh, Thank you. Solo histories for, uh, following the channel appreciate it uh but yeah so two minutes between you how do you wrap this up luckalegends.com ashyfeet.com you'll get all the links to all the stuff uh if you don't like websites you can go to itch.io you can look up ashy feet or luck of legends and uh you'll get all the stuff yep storiesrpg.com is another good one it's an easy one to remember all but right. yeah um that's where you'll find us very, very cool. So now we're going to move into everyone's favorite part of the show. This is the improv game. Where have my fingers been? So, Michael, I'm actually going to start with you this time. Do you oh, want to receive the prompt first or do you want to give a prompt first? I, you know what? It's, it's better to give than to receive. So I'm going to give a prompt. But Mo, Mo, you lowballed me. Now I don't know. I'll receive one just because I'm I, I need to get into it first. All right. So you want to, you want to do the, the game first. You yeah, want to okay. I, I will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the way this works, so I'll have Chris will prompt you. Then you'll prompt Mo. Mo will prompt me. I'll prompt Chris. So um, we're going to give you a scene that basically two people are at and you're going to kind of act it out. But before we can give you your prompt, you have to sing the song. And the song oh. is, where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? So Michael, would you please give us your rendition? Yes, Okay. Where have my finger? Wait, does it have to just be rhythmic or do I have to sing it? Like you make it up. Yeah. Okay. Where have my fingers been? Where have my fingers been? All right. Chris, where has have his fingers been? Uh, trying to teach a new game designer how to word things properly. Right up your wheel. <laughs> we got an- another thousand bits from New York Tater. He's loving this. I was, I was going to say I'm going home, but I am home. I. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm, this is this is Mo Finger. Okay. <laughs> this Ooh, is nice it's finger. getting personal. All right. All right. Nothing but love. <laughs> um, I got this great idea. I really think that uh, we we should go we should go for collaboration. No GM. I kind of think people like a GM. No, 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 no. They don't need a GM. They just need to tell the story. It's all about character. Yeah, but there are other characters. But but they don't have to be characters that you make. They can be characters that the players make. So you want everybody to run multiple characters. Yeah, yeah, I want everybody to run multiple characters. Maybe five, maybe ten. So who creates the drama? You do, between your characters. Have you spoken with anybody about getting help? You have multiple characters to talk to. No, no, I'm good. They, they, said, they said I'm good now. 
no, I'm uh, yeah, I had to play two more than two people at once. So I tried to go in that direction. Absolutely <laughs> nothing but love and support for anyone who is struggling with any real illnesses that was meant to be silly and ridiculous. Fair. But yeah. We often have that discussion. I'm like, get rid of the, get rid of the storyteller. We don't need that. And he's like, I don't know what you're, you really think people can do that? And the answer is always no. Not yet. Well, some I people mean, can. Some people some, can. People are people are doing it. They people are. People are doing it. People smarter than us, though. Yeah. That's the problem. All right. So, Michael, you're now going to prompt Mo. So, Mo, you have to sing the song. Oh. Where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? All okay. right, Michael. I want tell him where to, his fingers have been. We're going to get personal then. Uh, I want you to be that your finger. One finger is telling the other finger they're doing too much. And they need to slow down. <laughs> Because they got too many projects and they just need to take a break. Thank you again, New York Tater. So, yeah. <laughs> He's just dropping those bits. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Uh, nothing. Um, did you finish your podcast? Uh, not yet. Did you finish the game you're writing? Uh, not yet. Um, have you done your housework? Uh, not yet. Well, what are all of those toys? Um, I'm just, uh, you should... Finish one thing before you start another. But 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 this is really cool. Is this? I don't feel like this is about me. I feel like this is about somebody yeah. else in your life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic! All right, so now is where we bring the bar down to a very manageable level. All right. <laughs> where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? All right. Your no. fingers have been. Uh, Trying to prepare for the incoming weather. Mm. All right. All right. So let's go over the checklist one more time to make sure that we have everything we absolutely need for the incoming weather. I'm ready. Doritos. Check. Ice cream. Check. Oreos. Check. More Oreos. Yes. Double check. All right. Uh, do we need salt? Like, why would we put salt on Doritos? No, the kind of salt you put on the sidewalk. Why would we put Doritos on the sidewalk? You're not taking this seriously. Well, let's just start eating the Oreos in. Okay. Yay! Ah! And that's where my fingers have been. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Chris. All right. Uh, where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? Your fingers are finding a family that have frozen to death with a bunch of Doritos and Oreos. <laughs> a little dark. <laughs> Wow, I, th- I thought we were like you just need like a bunch of fingers just be, <laughs> <laughs> just put them right there. Yeah, so it's terrible. We we drove all the way to Kentucky to to to, to see this. I mean, this is not supposed to snow in Kentucky. Well, you know, it is the mountains. Mountains. I, don't, I want some Mountain Dew now, but 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 all I can find is Doritos and Oreos. This is your fault. If you, if you just didn't have so much you were doing, look, I just, I, I got new toys and I, I forgot. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to forget all my housework. Can we, can we just eat some Oreos? Sure. La, 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 la. <laughs> my fingers are back. And the cycle continues. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for playing our little reindeers games. I know, I know your New York Tater does really love that. Um, it's, it's just a fun thing to do. 
All right, so we're going to move into the next to last section, and this is uh, cryptozoology. This is where we talk about a monster, usually related to D&D, but not always. We talk about maybe some ways we have used this creature in the past, if we have, and we might brainstorm some interesting ways that we could use it in the future. After that, we do audience Q&A. Since we do have some people watching, again, thank you, everybody. If you have any questions you'd like to drop for uh, any of the four, all of the four of us, that'll be coming up shortly. Uh, so this is a creature. Mo is the one who told me this is what you were doing. New York Tater dropping more bits. Man, got to keep this train rolling. Um, so I'll start <laughs> with you. So let's talk about the carrying crawler. <clears throat> Mo? Uh, this, this, so I asked Michael if oh. he wanted to propose one. And... Uh, he 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 jumped at the chance. And, oh, all right. Um, but I, he, we, he poisoned me, and I couldn't move. So we did. Uh, ooh, well done. Try that. I see that. Straight over to Michael. So let's talk about a carrying crawler. So so I am one of those. Uh, I'm sort of like a reformed hardcore three point X nerd. Okay. Where I don't play it anymore, but boy, when I did, I was on the old 303 boards, uh, building all sorts of stuff and having fun with it. Um, and anymore, one of my favorite Uh-oh. tricks listed in. Oh. Hey, Michael, Michael, turn off your camera. Yeah, you're, no, you're, you're glitchy. You're robotting out. Unfortunately. It's probably my internet because I have crappy internet. I'm sorry, but yeah, you're robotting out really bad. If you turn off your camera. Sure. I think, uh, I think you're okay now. Yeah, I feel like I'm. As soon as I'm he back. gets going good, it's gonna happen again. <laughs> we'll see. Let's try, let's test it out. Right. So one of my things is, uh, you know, people often treated dungeons or you know mysterious ruins, whatever you want to, you know, it's always framed in a colonial mm-hmm. way, but uh, they always treated them like they were um, sort of like standalone things that that didn't have an ecosystem. I'm interested in ecosystems. So one thing I loved about carrion crawlers, I'm like, listen. You got, a, you got a sustaining ecosystem. You need a food source. You need a, a trash dump. And carrion crawlers are my favorite thing because one of the weirdest things, D&D sort of trains you to be uh, sort of horrid, grubby, you know, larcenous murderers. And so, you know, you take any standard crew and you stick them in a dungeon and you show them a big pile of stuff. There's always one who's going to be like, I'm going to dig through all of it. And they'll be like, how many hours do you want to spend on this? All day. There has to be something at the bottom of the pile. So I'd always put a pile of trash and I would love it. One of the things I would love to do is I'd put like a slope. There'd be like a, you could see there was an opening, right? So, you know, there's a room over there. There's gotta be something good back there, right? Cause they piled all this stuff. They, you know, they, they blocked it off. Huge slide of trash. And of course, you know, inevitably somebody does the belly flop and starts shimmying up. And you wait until as many of them as you can get are on top of the pile. And that's when you bring out the things that eat the trash in the dungeon, because otherwise the ecosystem doesn't work. So the carrion crawlers pop out and, you know, everybody's flat on their bellies in slimy substance, having to deal with things that have multiple paralyzing attacks per round. Lovely way to, to hand them their butts in a, in a sling. Nice. Now, I, I have shared this story multiple times, so I apologize mm. for those that have heard of it. But since you have a love of carrying crawlers, I have to share. Okay. One of my early days as a 3.5 or 3.0 GM, I ran an adventure that included carrying crawlers. Mm-hmm. But I read through the carrying crawler and I thought, this, this isn't tough enough. It needs to be, it needs to be stronger. Oh so <laughs> I implemented a super carrying crawler that every time it hit you, the DC to resist went up. Oh, God. Because I assumed that, you know, the, you're getting Terrible. multiple doses of the poison. 
So it would, uh, you know, it would compound. So it, it just made sense to me, right? Uh, so I killed the entire party yeah. with one carrying crawler, and I got a little souvenir from it. They actually bronzed a carrying crawler for me because oh, I, I managed to wipe out an entire party. So I've had this for like 20-some-odd years. I have kept this and carried it with me to remember, and I'm pretty sure that was my last TPK. I mean, it was, yeah. it was not even close because I believe that version of the carrying crawler got eight attacks. So yep. I was going at you with eight. Maybe I hit with four. The DC started at 12. It was like 12, then a 14, then a 16, then an 18. You had passed all of those. Yes, it was just awful. Uh, <laughs> you want to talk about 3.0, 3.5. I, I, my thing was always like the dice mechanics. Listen, if you're going to swing eight times, it doesn't even matter what the swing does. <laughs> Eventually, it's all over for you. If you're going to roll a save four times around, it doesn't matter. All it takes is one one. The dice yep. mechanics are all yep. all messed. The, yep. the 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 probability curve it's terrible. Yep. Yeah. I des- I designed a character once that could throw darts, and this was like in second edition. It was on homebrew stuff, but you could throw four darts, and they did like D two damage. But then I rolled for ambidexterity, which is a made up rule we used to do. If you rolled a D twenty and a D six, and the numbers matched, then you were ambi, and you could actually completely just use two weapons. It was completely broken. But I had a monk character that had that, so I could throw eight darts around. So I almost always got a D20, like or, you know, 20 in somewhere, so I would just constantly mm-hmm. crit um, at some point. Uh, it was really dumb, but it was fun at the same um, time, and I still remember that, like, this was like 30 years ago. So, you know. See, when you say that's broken, I'm just going to tell you, on the 303 boards, uh, we used to we used to play with the game. One of the points that I like to make is, you know, this game is, this game is not well designed. And what we do is we'd <laughs> We'd find ways to prove it. And one of the yep. ways I proved it, I had one who, they, there were a bunch of different classes used from different books. They were all Watsi approved. But uh, at the end, it had somewhere upwards of 200 different thrown shuriken in one attack. And each mm. one of them bull rushed you. And if you hit a <laughs> solid surface, you took 8d6 plus three times strength and they were all touch attacks. Mm. So you didn't need to you know really worry about critting it was okay it wasn't yeah. even the attack doing the damage it was just knocking you into things nice. and you know of course you would jump over their head and slam them into the ground of course all yeah. right so let's go to mo mo have you ever used a carrying crawler uh in i a have game? not used a carrying crawler but you... i had to deal with one okay uh mm. playing a lizard man a lizard man barbarian and um yeah like it just wasn't fun because <laughs> I I failed my first save. Yep. And so, you know, we were surprised. Yep. And it, you know, it was just one of the handful of times I uh sat and watched <laughs> you know, other people who had read more D D books than I had mm-hmm. win. You yeah. know, <laughs> that, that's like where you all line up and you're like, okay, who's going to volunteer? And then everyone takes one step back and then you're still in front somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it was, it was that the GM was very tactical and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was all about, you know, um, using these rules that, you know, you had to know. And um, I was just like, why, why do I have minuses? Oh, yeah. because he's hanging from the wall. So he has a higher ground and da, 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 da. Mm. And I was just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can so I that's just make some stuff up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Chris, like what about say, you? Oh, I'm sorry. So have, have you ever used a carrying crawl or had one used against you? Uh, I've never had one used against me. I'm pretty sure I used one way back in second edition because mm. uh, I'm old too. 
Um, and I remember not having a whole lot of luck uh, <laughs> with players having a whole lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we didn't really explain it too much, but if I remember right, it, if it hits, it paralyzes you. And yeah, you can't right. move at all. And your character's basically just stuck there doing nothing. Right. right. Um, and uh, in and the lore remember... section, it, it pulls you away. So it doesn't like stay to fight to die. Like if it paralyzes you, it's just going to leave with you. So if there's like two or three of them in an encounter and one person gets frozen, one's just going to walk away with you while everyone else is fighting. So it's, it's very easy if you're, if you're playing it like legitimately how the monster would, would act to kill someone with one if you're not careful, especially if you keep raising the DCs. But, you know, that's just me. Yeah. 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 Some of us are nicer. Yeah. The upside to when it carries you away, though, is that if your friends are actually your friends, yeah. <laughs> they they are easier to hit and damage from behind mm. so fair point um, i right. remember i remember that being a thing and then um you know i was poisoned i couldn't move and mm. so they were like so we have one minute to find its nest and get all of its loot and we don't have to share <laughs> <laughs> all right so the second half we like to do here is we want to try to figure out maybe some ways we could use this creature in a fun way. Um, so, Mike, so you have some here. So, do you any thoughts on like how you might use it next time? Any any interesting ideas for a Karen Crawler encounter for the future? Maybe something someone could take and use in their own games. I mean, for me, I'm all about. I mean, I, I game with kids, and I make entirely nonviolent games that are not about uh, you know anybody getting anybody, but figuring out how to build community. So. One of my rules, I call it the Doctor Who approach to storytelling. There's going to be tons of action. Monsters are always people and they have their own reasons and you got to talk to them. And, uh, and the third rule is there's going to be a lot of running around and a lot of drama and a lot of ways to fix problems, but violence is never the answer. So if I had carrion crawlers, I'd say the trick would be figuring out how they fit into the ecosystem. Okay, where are they going to have the lair? All right, they paralyzed them. So clearly they're going to drag them away somewhere and lay eggs in them. So we probably need to go get them before they lay the eggs in them. And, you know, that'll lead to some fun things. I mean, I would never do this with kids. And if I were doing this with kids, the carrion crawlers would be their own species and they'd be probably trying to save them. I run Mm. a lot of games where kids play magical researchers who are trying to uh, figure out how to save uh, populations of mythical creatures facing extinction. So it's always a matter of, okay, there's a conflict between a local uh, people and a Mm. local creature. And the people don't understand why the you know, creatures are causing trouble. The people are angry. They want to kill. You got to figure out a way yeah. to get it balanced. Convince the people how to treat them, you know, how to live with them, right. or try to figure out a way to move the population to a better spot. So, so that'd be what, how I would do it now. Well, in particular here, I always like to try to come up with ways to use monster that isn't just hit it with a stick until it dies. So I think the, the natural mm-hmm. idea is you have an ecosystem out of balance. It needs carrying crawlers. So mm-hmm. the adventure is to go and yep. bring them here without killing them all. Mm-hmm. Like you need to capture them and then transport them over, obviously over dangerous ground and, you know, harsh terrain. Maybe the wagon breaks Perfect. a wheel. And so then you got to move them from one wagon to the other. So the whole point is to not kill them because you need them. That's the point mm-hmm. of getting there, but you still get to deal with yep. the, the poison effects, that kind of thing. I also like the idea of maybe using them as like part of a heist, like almost like an Ocean's Eleven sort of situation where it's like, well, how do we get through all the guards? And one guy's like, don't worry, I've got that handled. And then, you know, when you get to that moment and they just like have like a bag of holding, they just pull a carrying crawler out of it and it stuns all the guards. And while that's, that's going on, you go in and get the treasure vault. I like the idea of um, having a bunch of very low level characters going to do a thing 
that maybe is not becoming and you know them finding a carrying crawler husk that it's outgrown oh that's nice and so like you really just give them the okay are you sure this is what you want to do you know it's out there and it, 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 there's a lot of money on the other end of this mm-hmm. but are you sure this is what you want to do and almost kind of creating that horror scene where they know it's around here somewhere mm. Mm. Chris, you have any thoughts on uh, carrying crawler encounter? That's hard to I say. I thought about fast. <laughs> hard to say one time fast. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like the idea of using them as kind of a setting piece. Mm. So you meet, you know, said big bad NPC, and instead of coming up with his pet dog, here he comes up oh. with a couple carrying crawlers on leashes that he somehow tamed. Now, the if you're a player of D and D, you're like, wait a minute those are pretty tough creatures that he's tamed. Maybe this is a moment I talk and not just punch things. Mm-hmm. That's how I would kind of use him as a GM of, Hey, don't just run in and kick the door open on this guy. Have you seen uh, the dragon King? Nope. That is the dragon Prince, the dragon Prince. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bad guy who There's wears a show on Netflix. Yeah. It's uh, hmm. really awesome. It's for kids, yep. but it's kind of not like it's, <laughs> it's for cool. kids and it's kid friendly. But like, if you watch it, it's going to hit you in the feels. Yeah, mm. it deals with some real stuff. But yeah. there is a there is a villainous character, and they do the the right thing of not portraying anyone as. Yeah, as, he, he has, has a carrion crawler. He has basically a a caterpillar like creature that is draped around him like a like a stole, and it keeps getting bigger throughout the uh, the seasons. And like by the end, you're like, okay, that thing's really creepy. Like it's. Yeah, starts out as a little worm behind his ear, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then by the you know by end of the season, you're like, okay, you know, it's it's like the ebony blade. The more death that happens around him, the bigger. Oh wow! It's very visually yeah. dramatic, you know. To okay, wear a seen that one. It's pretty cool. Yeah, Targris uh, says it's very good as well in chat. I've seen it. Yeah, is that the one where the guy's talking to to like an elf in another world through a portal? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. It. That's, that's it. That's it. That's it. Yep. I have seen that one. Then. Yep. Okay. I didn't. I, I, I didn't figure. Not. I didn't put that together until now that that looks like a carrion crawl. I just thought it was a big worm. Yeah. yeah. It's a good show. Yeah. It's, now that you say what it is, I watch. They got a new season supposed to come out. I'm, okay. My my kid and I are kind of like, we're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. nice. uh, I also like playing with the size. So like a, a giant carrion crawler could be fun. Like you know, like uh, mm. you know, Tarrasque size. Uh, or maybe even like a swarm of little ones. Imagine like a bunch of creepy crawlers are coming at you that you just think they're actually like centipedes or millipedes, centipedes, but no, they're right. they're all carrying crawlers. Right. There's like hundreds of them swarming you. They couldn't eat you, you know, they're too small, you know, but gotta... they could do some damage. Check your boots when you get up after camping <laughs> in the dungeon because you yeah. don't want to put your foot in and find out you got a baby carrying crawler in there. Yeah, it just makes your foot go numb. So it's like pins and needles all day long. Oh, that would be fun. But you could do some fun stuff with that. Yeah. Give, them a, give them a little, you know, give them a penalty to movement. You know, mess yeah, with doesn't, it. doesn't kill them, but just make them really annoying. That would be fun as well. Uh, so at this point, have we'll you guys throw it out actually to the run into, Have you guys actually run into centipedes before? I, I don't oh. don't think so. The big I, ones? I, I saw, I saw ones one the, in the like, Caribbean once. And uh, from what I hear, oh. um, like, they they hurt a lot. And this thing was like, you know, a foot long curled up not in a in a spiral but Ooh. like it it looked nasty mm. <laughs> oh 
there were one that big no yeah no we we have like the woolly worms here in kentucky they're like two inches long brown and black sort of thingies but yeah i just i just avoid them uh, but yeah, so we'll throw it out to the audience. If you have any interesting encounters, either as a DM or a player that you've had with a carrying crawler, or you have any ideas for interesting ones people could could use, throw those at us uh, either in links to this episode when it goes out, comment in the show notes, or you know, email me at therpgacademy at gmail.com. And we're going to move into the last section. This is audience Q&A. So I know there's a little bit of a delay. So if anyone has any questions, again, for any of or all of the four of us, RPG related makes sense, but doesn't have to be. Um, throw those into chat while we're waiting for that to catch up. One more time around the horn. Mo, where can people find you, find your stuff, interact with you online? Uh, I'm at Ashyfeet1 on Twitter. Ashyfeet.com is where you can find me. And uh, I, I'm happy to message on Twitter. Um, and yeah, um, Hold Fast Station's coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I was hoping to have a. Uh, 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 Spaceport Cantina, which where you play the bar staff of uh, the Moss Eisley and in Star Wars mm-hmm. and Ye Old Tavern. Um, these games have nothing to do with each other, where you pay the bar staff of a, of a, of a tavern in a fantasy uh, space. Uh, we're also working on um, Hold Fast Horror because mm-hmm. some people really want that monster in space. No Don't matter how many why. times we ran home, <laughs> somebody had to put a monster in it. They really like the monster. <laughs> And uh, there's another one. What's the other one? We 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 have we have a short list. Well, the um, short list, the big one that we we this is this is the the sort of Damocles hanging over our heads is Tower of Reckoning. That's that's right. Well, that's a whole other game. That's a like, whole it, other. It's thing. same same but different. It is. Um, so we, we met but, each other and very quickly, you know, we we started 14 projects, you know, that neither oh. one of us needed to add to our lists. It's one of the blessings of knowing Mo. And, you know, the curse yeah <laughs> about every other day i throw into discord hey who wants to tell me what this new project i have and you know yeah all right so michael again where can people find you if they want to hang out with you on the internet or find any of your um, stuff yeah so i'm at luck legends so just luck legends at on twitter i'm luckoflegends.com if you'd like to get your kids learning to write and loving it um and you can find all my stuff on itch.io uh luck of legends luck of legends .itch.io. And then uh, storiesrpg.com is a place for you to be able to download. There's a free one pager that has the rules for the game for kids and, and guardians. And then there are monthly releases along with annotated podcasts by the amazing team at Stories Podcast. So please go check it out. That's It's been a labor of love and, and, and I'm really proud of it. And if you um, homeschool in any way and are interested in getting writing help for your kid who has such a too wild imagination, uh, Michael does a amazing um, camp um, that, you know, my kid loves. uh, And, you know, he, he, he is not just a great GM. He's also a teacher. So what your kid doesn't know is in the background, you're kind of getting feedback that isn't a grade, but talks about where your kid can kind of improve, how they can grow, where they are um, with at least the California standards of uh, things, because I know it's going to go out everywhere. It's the common core standards, so it's (laughs) national. And uh, yeah, and it's all it's all homeschool certified credit because i'm a certified teacher and they'll write a ton promise (laughs) and so if if you don't um if you if you're not homeschooling and you want to keep your kid busy for a spring break Hmm. um and or christmas 
and or Thanksgiving no. and or over the summer. <laughs> Michael has a game. <laughs> I have like eight games. Like, yeah, no, they get to vote where they want to be on the first day. That's like yeah. the most fun. Knights of the Microbiome has been the one that I've been enjoying the most lately. You play microbes in the body, defending it from uh, from invasion, which I think a lot of kids have some, you know, power fantasies involving mm. dealing with some issues over the last right, yeah. several years so yeah. yeah it's awesome for me because i don't actually want to hear my kid say can we game today can we game today can we game today <laughs> yeah. I, so do. I just <laughs> i love gaming with kids i, I feel like kids know how to that. do the thing better yeah. all right chris where can people find you and hang out with you on the internet um, well after all that mine's pretty quick uh also look at twitter uh burlu underscore chris or you can catch me on the redemption podcast uh, still the longest uh, running Star Wars action, Star Wars actual play that's out there. Where can we find you, Michael? Uh, basically at the RPG Academy. Pretty much everything I do can be found there. If you'd like to email the show, the RPG Academy at gmail.com. I do actually have several projects in the works. Obviously, Action 12 Cinema, but that's probably months away before I'm going on Kickstarter or another platform because we may not use Kickstarter because they're doing some really stupid stuff with the yes. NFTs and cryptocurrency. Um, uh, I got a couple new podcasts that we've got a couple like, you know, uh, beta test episodes that we're getting feedback on that might come out. Econ fundamentals has just started. We're going to be doing a new streaming show soon. It doesn't have an official title yet. It's basically called the sample adventurers. So we're going to take all these books that come with a game that comes with a, this is how you run the game. And we're going to run that game. And then mm. evaluate, does it actually do a good job of teaching you how to play mm. the game that it says it does? Uh, and these are hopefully going to be on uh, Twitch. So they'll be live streamed as well as uh, audio only format. So got a bunch of new stuff coming out this year. And then I'll quickly plug the Patreon. That's going to help us do all these things. So if you like what we do here at the Academy, you can donate monetarily to the show at the patreon.com slash the RPG Academy for as little as $3 a month. It helps you know pay for all the stuff we do here. And we get to a certain level, we're actually going to start paying performers and editors and stuff too. Cause right now we're basically just offsetting our costs, but if we can get to a, a goal, we're going to start paying our GMs and paying our editors, which yes, mostly that's me. And then at the next level, we start paying the performers, including guest co-hosts. So like Michael and, and Mo, you could have money in your pocket for joining us if we can get our Patreon to a high enough level. Hey, I'm a giver. So <laughs> that's true. But you'd be paying yourself eventually. Um, so no new questions came in, but there is one question we'd like to ask everybody. So if uh, we'll, you know, we'll keep waiting. But uh, Mo, I'll start with you. If you were an action figure, what three accessories would come in your package? You're talking to a man with a lot of action figures. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> so you have so, the, the, the this is the mo popular action figure what listen, are your three accessories this is this is this is rough so i like when characters have something like a backpack that does something so like maybe uh the 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 rocket that shoots out the back if you're um not not mando um <laughs> Boba Fett, um, <laughs> maybe a, a child hazard, right? So, um, yeah, it, it has to be a choking hazard. Um, I, I think um, the sword is a classic, um, and this is the most popular action. I've never seen you with a sword. Oh, I've... I have. I have swords, Michael. It's an invisible sword. Yeah, you don't um, see it. I don't know if you know. I have problems. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, probably some kind of AR style gun, but um, you know, 
able able to be held in one hand. And of so, course, of course. Uh, it, uh, come on now. Like, yeah. You know, like I'm some, gonna some make of, my disapproving face. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> You're used to it, I know. Yeah. I don't use it on everybody. So I think I think that's it, but I'm sure as soon as this calls over, I'll have a much better idea. <laughs> yeah. That's usually the way it works. All right. Mm. And Michael and you. So we got an action figure of Michael Lowe. What are your three accessories? I mean, I'm gonna be nerdy about this, but I'm gonna be honest. This is the actual real life. Michael Lowe action figure. Hold on. I definitely am going to have these dice. These are my favorite little 4D6s because I don't use anything else. I'm straight up old school now. There are no other dice, only the cube. Um, I'm going to go with the dice. D12s are better. Sorry. No, it's, you, can, you can like the D12, but they're not as accessible. I'm sorry. Yeah. You can love them, but if they're not in my house, I can't play with them. So I'm going to design for the thing that people have got. Everybody has Monopoly. This no one true. plays it. And everybody has a deck of poker. And, and nobody exactly. plays it. So you so can get the dice. So use the parts. Use the know, parts. But I don't want more people to buy Monopoly. I don't want some grandma to go, if we get a Monopoly, they'll have those dice. No. Grandma go already has. And buy the D12s. Yeah. Anyways, I, yeah. Grandma already out. has Monopoly. She doesn't need to go out. Now you can, Now she can just play your game. No, because she's going to buy Star Wars Monopoly. And, and, oh. uh, Box Machina Monopoly and Mandarin. Oh. Uh, they're going to be every Monopoly in the world. So anyway, move, carry on. I, I interrupted. <laughs> I'm going to go. No, no, no. That was good. I loved it. Are you kidding me? That, he I was, asked he was that. triggered by Monopoly. Yeah, I loved it. Um, <laughs> My wife uh, so and I yeah. almost broke up over a game of Monopoly. It's the last time Ooh. I've ever played it. I mean, this is a design flaw in Monopoly. It's kind of designed to expose exactly everything that's wrong with our society, but then yeah. make you feel like you should do all those things <laughs> to each other. Like, what are we doing? It's a I'm game winning. designed to make you, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I will torture you. By the end of this, we will hate each other, but I will win. What are you doing? You're a bad person. That's why you can't pay your rent. You, <laughs> too real. I'm sorry. It's too real. A cup of coffee, 46, and a laptop, if I'm being honest. Fair, fair. Yeah. Very good. All right, Chris. I I, we the blue screen glasses. Yeah. We may have done this before, but it's been a long time. So I'll circle back to you. What would be your three accessories in your action figure? Uh, more recently, uh, cell phone. Cause I, uh, have to have one for work with me all the time. There it is. Uh, probably a sandwich because I like to eat and uh, a backpack. Cause I like to put things in it that I find randomly. Okay. So you're a club though. Good to know. <laughs> Kinderish. I heard exactly. prepared. I heard prepared. Prepared. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, easy cheat for me these days would be three different pairs of glasses. Cause I have one for driving. I have one for up close and I have one for computer depth. So I literally have three separate pairs of glasses that I interchange, but just get some of these. I hate, I got bifocals. I hated them. I literally oh. refuse to wear them. I know I, I don't want to do this. Whatever, you know, I want to change. I just, I want to be able to look straight ahead at whatever I'm looking at. And then I will just switch glasses. Um, but it would definitely be a podcasting microphone. Have mm-hmm. to have that. Probably would be a D12 because they are objectively the best die in the world. Maybe not the most accessible, but they are the best. Mm. And a puzzle because I have been on this tear. I've been working puzzles like just mm. all the time. I just I keep buying them. My wife's like, you got so many to cycle through them. Like it can't do that. Once I've worked it once, it will feel different. So mm. I'm constantly buying thousand piece puzzles uh, and working those. So those currently would probably be the three things that I would have. Nice. 
All right. So no new questions came in. So we'll call it a wrap there. Michael, Mo, thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate you being here. Everybody in the chat, thank you so much for hanging out. If you're listening in the future, please go check the links in the show notes and hit these people up and buy some of their games and support them online. Um, and hopefully we'll have them back because I absolutely had a blast having you on oh, tonight, yeah, both sure. of you. It's great. Same. So thank you so much. Just do a little awkward wave out as I look for the button. Chris, no laughing. And don't forget what Tom would say. What would Tom say fun, right now? If you're having fun, you're doing it right. Doing it right. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.